eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. I'm Mike Schaefer, joined by Brian Christofferson here as we inch closer to the start of the Nebraska football season. Nebraska Northwestern, just how many days away, BC? What are we at? Uh, 15? 14? 15 days. 15 days. 15 days. days. 15 Tommy, Tommy Frazier days until Husker football. Incredible. Incredible. I ask you your 15 favorite Tommy Frazier moments, but we're on a bit of a clock here today. Oh, yeah. So... I, I feel like that could take up the whole show, and we don't we don't want that. We want people to learn about the 2022 Nebraska and not just continue to live in 1995. So we're we're doing okay. everyone a a favor, I suppose, today. So speaking of 2022, here's the podcast format. This is everything we're gonna do. We're gonna give you the full reveal right at the beginning of the show. We're gonna talk about every position. BC is gonna label a player that he expects to start and maybe we talk about someone to keep an eye on and we're going to go through this pretty fast so if you're one of those weird people that listens to a podcast at like three times speed so you can get more podcasts into your life this one could be moving quick so just hang on and try to keep up all right let's get this thing started we're starting right on the offense going the traditional route quarterback what do you got for me beastie uh, well, that's been cleared up. It's uh, you got your Casey Thompson at the top, and then you, I think Chuba Purdy uh, is is two. I like that he's taking uh, splitting reps with the one, so that they're uh, they're both prepared, um, you know, and well oiled for a game. Um, an interesting thing is Mark Whipple mentioned each guy is going to have sort of his own menu. Like, what do you like? What are you good at? What feels right for you within the offense? Um, I think. Uh, you know, dating back to January, everybody sort of suspected, right, that Casey was the favorite. And I think his experience has played an edge. And, you know, probably the most promising that thing that came out of the last couple of weeks was uh, Scott Frost, Whipple, Thompson, all saying, um, you know, the, the procedure on his thumb after spring ball 
uh, really helped him. He helps him grip it, probably added some confidence to his game. He's, he's throwing it better. And it sounds like those guys have had a pretty good camp uh, the last practice withstanding where they met the media and they'd happen to stink it up. And so we heard about that. But uh, that would be the QBs, I would think. All right. We'll move from a position that uh, seems pretty clear to a position that seems kind of muddled to me from the outside looking in. What can you tell us about running backs and what are your expectations this year? Oh, man. That's uh, that one's hard. Um, and all this stuff is, of course, as coaches, I'll use a coach phrase. It's written in sand. Coaches like that one. Um, I would say I think Anthony Grant and Gabe Irvin are sort of vying near the top. I think Ramirez is definitely near the top, too. But Ramirez is like Brunson. I think talked about this maybe on a recent pod. He's like his own category of guy. Yeah. Like he's his own position. He, the Ramirez, we might talk about the Ramirez position. That's like we talked about the Jojo position or something because he's been working at the slot as well. I think he's going to catch a lot of passes. So Ramirez very well could be RB one when you're in a pinch, but I think he's more than that. He's more labels than that. I kind of see Irvin and, um, um, Anthony Grant rising there. And I think Yant's not going to be forgotten. So I think that's a mixture of top guys. AJ Allen was banged up last practice. I don't know how long that's been, but you know, a young guy, it could be tough to, to pop right in. So I would label those guys without saying there's a definitive number one that I'm just going to say he's for sure the guy yet. Okay. Well, let's, let's phrase this slightly a different way on August 12th. Who does Brian Christopherson think has the most carries in the 2022 season? I think it will be – I'm going to say Anthony Grant. <laughs> he doesn't want to do it, folks. I don't want to do it. Anthony, yeah, I was supposed to give like a boom. That's your answer. Take it to the bank. I, I don't have it. I'll say Anthony Grant, but I'm not real confident in that. I think Gabe Irvin has jumped right back into it. He's added 10 pounds of bulk. I think he's going to have a big say in things if he can stay healthy. Okay. Uh, Nebraska does not really use a fullback. If they had one, do we have any idea who that would be? Like I, you know, I Pitt had a fullback every now and then under Whipple. Um, that's a I, good question. Actually, you caught me off guard with that one, Schaefer. I, um, I would assume it'd be some sort of like H back role involving Chancellor Brewington. Like that's the best I can do for it. I think that's proper. That's a good example, though. You gave the right example of what that would be. Like a guy who could who shifts over and then just blows somebody up. Yeah. Okay. That's Chancellor. Let's uh, let's dive into the wide receiver room, which uh, continues to feel problematic for me. Well, I do think there's a little bit of a search for consistency. I think I can name the, the main six in the rotation and then saying for sure who the first three out there again in Ireland is maybe a little more tricky. I think Trey Palmer's one of them. Uh, but then the other five sort of in the mix, Oliver uh, Martin, Omar Manning, who Mickey's pushing. Uh, I think he's pushing Oliver too pretty hard as a guy he thinks can have some game and um, really help this team. But then after that, you're talking about the new guys. You're talking about Isaiah Garcia Castaneda. I think Marcus Washington um, is going to play. Uh, Alante Brown, I think, um, not a new guy, but uh, I think has really fit in with what Mickey wants, takes to his coaching. And I think Alante whether he plays a lot or not could be like the leader in that room as the guy who this is how we're supposed to do things. So um, those are the six that first come to my mind right now. All right. Um, is there anybody deeper than that, that you're kind of keeping an eye on any walk-ons, any 
freshman, anybody? Because I, you know, Mickey had, had said that he wanted nine guys, and now it, it feels like he's he's kind of right at six. I think he even had a quote saying that they have six. Uh, but do you see anybody deep that could be emerging? Well, I do think there's guys like Brody Belt is well respected on that team. Um, I mean, he can do a lot of everything, and I think there's going to be some matchup or some game where games where Brody Belt pops up. I really do. I think Mickey respects him. He's a he's just a workhorse, and um, so he'd be a name I'd mention. Ty Hahn is not a guy we talk about a lot but I believe he's heavily involved with special teams from what we hear. And I think that's huge because everybody's going to be like, who's on their travel roster. Well, Shenander has said this many times. Um, what gets you on the bus? What could, if you're, maybe you're a three, but if you're really good on special teams, you're suddenly a two when you're going on the road because you can, you're valuable. So a guy like Ty Han, I could see being in the equation. Janaran Bonner is a guy I would say is just a wild card that, that I keep in mind. He had a hamstring issue a little bit over the summer, but he's back. Uh, DeColdis, I think, had a setback, so maybe not him right now. But Bonner uh, is a guy, you know, maybe if you're looking for someone to make a, a surprise guy could pop up midseason or something, I would just throw his name out there. Every year there's a position where it seems like Nebraska just is unfortunate, where they pile up injury after injury after injury. It feels like tight end has already started to be that position for Nebraska in 2022. You've got, you were talking about a, a, you know, written in sand. This feels like it's written on ink on paper, stuffed in a glass bottle, rode across the ocean and arrived on sand. And that's Travis Vokalek at tight end. But whatever's behind him really feels like a reflection of who's healthy right now. Because I believe Chris Hickman was out at the most recent practice Thomas Fedoni has been out since the middle of the spring. A.J. Rollins didn't practice early in fall camp. Uh, they're they're banged up. Brody Tagaloa is probably not going to practice for much of this season. Um, what what have you kind of seen from the tight end position, and who's sort of emerging as 2-3 for you? Yeah, obviously 1A's Vokalek, and then I think Nate, Nate Borkercher, I think, is really loved by Sean Becton and – Honestly, if you're saying who's your best guess at number two, that's mine. I, I just hear about him more than anybody when the coaches talk. Um, he's from Aurora like Austin Allen. I just think he's a guy who uh, does a little bit of everything that they want, and he's added weight too. Uh, I think Chancellor Brewington is right there as well. Um, and then a, a guy who I think could sneak in, uh, not sneak in, he's starting to flex his muscle is A.J. AJ Rollins. So those are the guys who kind of come to mind right now. I'd say Borkercher, though, but Rollins, if he uh, has a you know some good practice behind the scenes and is healthy, um, he can be there. And, and then Brewington wants to show he's more than just a guy who's on the goal line to block people. So uh, do you have concern at the tight end spot at all? Um, I mean, mild concern. I think they might be better than some people realize. It's just sort of names that aren't as familiar. Um, I mean, it would be awesome if Thomas Fedone right now were just taking off and he had, we're healthy and we'd had an amazing spring. Think how excited everyone would be about that position. But I do think they like some of those guys. But if, if another one of those three that I mentioned goes down, you know, you are getting kind of thin there. And, and Chris Hickman, it's just been kind of a struggle to stay healthy. I think he had his chance or has a chance within this camp to make his name. But as you mentioned, he was out recently 
And it's sort of been on again, off again, where it's difficult to make a move when you're not available. All right. We have reached the offensive line. BC, this is where you're going to have to give us your left or right prediction as it stands here on August 12th. And then we can dive into all of the minutiae. But if, if you were making your best guess, uh-huh. Nebraska's starting offensive line against Northwestern looks like what? I actually feel pretty good about it. It's I think left tackle Teddy Prohaska, left guard Turner Corcoran, center uh, Trent Hickson, right guard Brock Bando, right tackle Bryce, uh, Bryce Benhart. Uh, this is the year, as we've said, of the six-year senior. You need a lot from Hickson and Bando, guys who have kind of always been in the shadows. Now it's their time to be the guys and bridge into the future. Um, Corcoran, I think is the emotional leader of that group. And people might've noticed on Wednesday when the offensive guys spoke that they had sort of a letdown practice. And I don't know that it was coincidence that Corcoran was out. I think he spearheads a lot up front and has become that guy. And so he definitely needs, he was out, um, for that one. And so he needs to be a full go, you know, Teddy Prohaska is such an interesting story. You and all of us, I think believe in what he's going to be we just have to remind ourselves he's barely played any college football actually you know he started two games played in five uh second year college guy so we always got to keep that in mind uh i think ben hart's the key to a lot of things though if he's consistent and takes a step it allows everybody to stay put and focus on their jobs without moving all the pieces around and uh, that's huge if i were to guess backing up behind them I think Kevin Williams is actually working at left tackle. I could, oh. see, I could see Brant Banks being uh, the backup left guard. He was at left guard in place of Corcoran the other day. Uh, Ethan Piper at center. I think Latovsky they love and is the future, and he's at right guard. Maybe next up next year after Bando. And then maybe right tackle would be Hunter Anthony. So that would be my best guess at a two deep right now. Okay. that It, it does feel like they're deep with names that either you know or guys that have played uh, or have experience. Like, this does feel like they have a deeper offensive line um, than in recent years. I mean, whether it it works out where they actually play well remains to be seen. But they do have quite a few names to work off of here. They have experience and have played. Yeah, I mean, the guy I'm really excited to see at some point is Lotovsky. Yeah, I'm with you. But if we don't see him as much this year that's not necessarily a bad thing that means Brock Banda stepped up to the plate as a veteran and you know and then hopefully Latovsky's ready to roll as your third year a third year college guy next year so yeah I I think there's potential there but you're you're kind of asking some guys we there's names you're very familiar with because they've been in the program but some of them haven't had that shining moment yet or put it all together and so they need like two or three of those guys at the same time to have it happen what do you think of the grouping of Prohaska Corcoran as, as one side of your offensive line? I mean, I like it. Those are two of the most highly rated or most talked about guys, you would say, as far as recruits coming in, obviously, with Teddy being a local guy and Turner so highly rated. Um, I think there's a lot of fire to them. And, um, you know, I think they had something pretty good going for a couple of games with Teddy and Nuri last year i mean people got to remember nuri suspended for the year this would be a lot different if he were there he'd be at left guard and you could do a lot of different things so that's still costly and something we've kind of forgotten about but it it existed and it's changed the equation so but what they have 
Um, yeah, I, I think those guys are have a good mentality that kind of shapes well with each other. So hopefully this is the year they uh, not just, you know, one of them grows, but they help the other next to them grow along the way. All right. Uh, let's, let's go to special teams before we dive over to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, this should be pretty simple. I think Nebraska's place kicker will be. I think it'll be Timmy bleak road. Unless he's just scuffling behind the scenes. I haven't heard that. Uh, you know, he's, he was 21 of 25 the last two years of Furman. It's a different, uh, more eyeballs on you and all that stuff. So I'm not going to say it's the exact same, even though the goalposts are the same and do the whole Hoosiers thing where we measure it out. Um, but I think, uh, I, I'm really excited to see him kick. The only thing I've, if I've had any hesitancy, it's just based on the fact the last few years, we've seen guys have good years and bad years, good years, bad years. So I keep that in mind with the kicker. You're, you're only as good as your last couple weeks. So that's, that's sort of the way I am with that position. Uh, Bush, oh, Bushini, yeah, Bushini's your punter, Brian Bushini. Um, I think he's been about what they expect. You know, I know when he first got here, I think you were over there uh, talking to him and he was still working on his consistency a bit, but um, there's a resume there that you like a lot and you just kind of assume he's going to be pretty good. You know, I'm sure there'll be a work here or there, but that, that goes with the position. Do we know who Nebraska's long snapper is? Uh, the mix of three guys and hopefully I'll say the names right. Um, Brady Weiss, the transfer from Georgetown, would be in the mix. Cameron Piper and uh, Mueller, I think. Yeah. Um, those three guys have sort of been um, close, and uh, I think certain guys have been better, actually, at certain things. So I don't know if they would dare take two for some trips or what, but um, those are the three guys that we'll see who trots out there first. Okay. Um I, well, actually, introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We're expecting Trey Palmer to be pretty heavily involved in the return game, right? He, he, I mean, he sounds like he wants to be involved in it. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, and Bill Bush did say like a week or so ago when asked, he's like, yeah. yeah I mean, I asked his Trey sort of the lead guy there, and he kind of confirmed that was the thought. Um, I think there's other interesting guys like Tommy Hill. Uh, they like in the sort of a natural at it. Um, Isaiah Garcia Castaneda, I think has tried his hand back there and is sort of in that mix. I think they have kind of security guys too, as Bill Bush said, like a Oliver Martin or a, a Brody belt might be that sort of guy when you're like, let's catch this football. Not that the fair catch guy. Yeah. Like I, you know, we're not dropping this football right now. You know, this is the game. 
that that sort of guy. Uh, maybe when you want to catch it at the 10 yard line or whatever. Um, and not the two, hopefully. Um, so those, those would be my best guesses. And I think Anthony Grant could be uh, the kicker turner based off a couple comments uh, Bill Bush has made. Okay. We're going to combine all of the defensive line as one unit. Give me left to right. Well, it doesn't even have to be left to right. Who are the four guys you expect to get the most snaps early on up front? That's a tough one in oh, some yeah. ways, um, in a lot of ways. You can oh, give man. me two, I'm pretty sure, and then the other two spots. Well, we know hard. Ty Robinson, yep. um, Garrett Nelson. Yep. And I think – I sort of think they're starting four – uh, could be Tanner, Nelson, Robinson, and Colton Feast. And that, mm-hmm. that's not to dismiss O'Shawn Mathis at all. I just say, like, if you ask me who might, if you had to guess, like, who's out there first snap, that's who I might say. Um, O'Shawn Mathis is going to play just as much and uh, basically a nice rotation. I think they're going to do a lot of different things. And so I don't think we should get too caught up in just like, well, these are the four. Um, but Colton Feast, I know. You were on this a couple of weeks ago and, um, you know, well, Devin Drew is here now. It took a while for him to get here and you could probably only ask him to do so much. Stefan Wynn is a big body, but he's still got to pick up some things. And I, I think he's kind of in a battle with Nash Hutmacher. Uh, Hutmacher was even maybe a little ahead of him last week. So I would say uh, Feast is going to play a lot. I think Hutmacher will play a lot. I think they'll get something out of win, and I could see them package some stuff for Drew early on. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. The big question I have, do you foresee a way that you can get Caleb Tanner, Garrett Nelson, and O'Shawn Mathis on the field all at the same time? Yeah, I think they will. Um, I think it could be like special like third down and 12 type deals or whatever, But I and not, not only that, but I, I think they're – Eric Shenander said, you know, if I'm a good coach, um, I find ways to do that. You find ways to get all your best players, and if those are your best guys, it happens. Um, the one thing I'll say, and I, people can take it as August Fluff or whatever, I believe O'Shawn Mathis has a personality that was perfect for him to do what he's doing and merging in. Like, he just has a, a really – he has a very humble way about him, even though he, a lot was made about him when he picked his school. And I think that – has gone as well as could possibly be asked. They haven't upset the apple cart there at all. And uh, I think Caleb Tanner's a, been a really good teammate and just wants to win. I actually think Tanner's the guy people are sleeping on a lot. I think he was really pretty good at the end of last year. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he makes a lot of plays and is in that competition sort of for Sachs TFL leader. That's That's sort of my against the grain guess because he probably wouldn't be the first name everyone would pick in that race. All right. BC, big shareholder of Caleb Tanner stock for the 2022 season. All right. Jumping to the third level. How does this, or not third level, excuse me, second level. How exactly does this look? Like who, do you really think they're going to be in a four, three a lot, or does it feel like they're going to be in a nickel package most of the time? Because I don't really know who the third linebacker is. I know who two are. But what do you think it kind of looks like at that second level um, when they're in a base package? Yeah, I that's that's a good question. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of mixing where it's 
like what exactly are they? And I think Chenander's fine with that. I remember when he arrived his first year as coach and everyone was saying, what are your three, four label it, label it. And he, he was just like, I, you know, yeah, I guess we play more three, four at the time, but he didn't really want to get caught up in all that. Um, I think that nickel guy is sort of like, uh, he's your, like your third linebacker, but he's, he's, you know, he's going to have to have coverage skills basically yep. be a DB. Um, Obviously, your two starting middle backers, as we're still calling them, uh, would be Reimer and Henrich. And then uh, I think Ateva Malga Clements has probably worked his way to the third guy. They've really liked him. Everybody says he's had a good spring. Fourth guy's interesting. Um, Snodgrass could be it because he's the veteran. He could be it for a while. But Ernest Hausman, uh, pride of Columbus, uh, everybody just raves about and just like, looks like you're not supposed to look actually at that age. Um, you didn't look like that at uh, I, I say, uh, 18 years old. Well, I did see, I've changed a lot since then. Oh, I, okay. I, I did look like, no. Well, you uh, had the, the freshman yeah. negative 40. That's how it worked for you. Yeah. All right. Um, no, <laughs> that's it. Hausman is exciting. Like I, I can't wait to see what he does. I think he, he could burn a red shirt playing special teams, whatever. Uh, but it'd be, a, it, that's a sidebar. Like if he pops in for some backup snaps and Rude does want to rotate those guys more. So we'll see at the nickel. Um, you're talking about Isaac Gifford, Chris Kolarovic and Javen Wright. And Javen Wright's been a fun story of fall camp because coming back from, he's had back to back years with injuries. The last one was more worrisome because it was a blood clot thing. So when you heard that, you're like, Oh, I, there, what's the timetable? They were kind of freak things, right? Like they're not sort of the injuries that you kind of expect to deal with, the blood clots. And I can't remember what the first one was. Yeah, he well, he had a bat. He had a it was an upper body injury, I believe, because he well, it was a shoulder, I think. Yeah, something. Yeah, but it was it wasn't like a normal. It was like yeah. a rotator cuff or something, just like a different kind of football injury. Yeah. Uh, that could be. I know the last one definitely was with the blood clot. And when you hear that, you know, people around here are familiar with that injury because it's been with Husker football back to the Frazier era, but um, brought it back to that. But There you go. Uh, I think uh, he's a, he's a freak. Um, he's a freak athlete. He, he was at the, he has that one play everyone saw where he went up and one handed a pick, you know, 40 yards down the field. He has that type of ability son of former black shirt toby right who played um, with tommy frazier yeah 93 he was a senior um i'm not i'm not shocked javen's there because i remember a couple years ago at a round table it, he had just got here and shenander was already brought him up like this guy's fast he picks stuff up and so that has allowed him to even though he's been away from the field to process all the mental parts that go with that position I still think Gifford could, if you're guessing who's going to play the most there, Ooh. I'd probably say Gifford, but that's that's not an easy one at this point either. Yeah, I think you're going to get a, a lot of Gifford, Kolarovic, and Wright sort of situationally dependent until one of them really emerges as as a guy that could be used in, in all situations. Uh, all right, we're back into the secondary, which I'm telling you, Brian, I continue to believe is is maybe – maybe more talented than the one that was outgoing. And that one featured a second round pick and two guys that were super seniors that were really very good. 
uh, at their jobs at safety. And then you could even throw JoJo Doman in that mix too. They lost a lot in that secondary. And yet I feel very confident that this group is going to play well. What are you seeing? Who's out there for your first four and what does the depth look like? Yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, not as tough as some spots. Uh, corner, I think it's going to be Tommy Hill and Quinton Newsom. Um, Quinton's the obvious one just because he, they wanted him to lead. They think this is the year he becomes sort of what Cam Taylor Britt was the second half of last season. Um, and then Tommy Hill, Travis Fisher makes no bones about it. <laughs> yeah, there's no question. He, he thinks the guy should, should be playing on Sunday soon, like in a few years, you know, like he's, he believes he can have a special career and be that guy. It's just about getting everything out of yourself. And so his ceiling is probably as high as anybody on this roster. If you listen to Travis Fisher um, after those guys at corner, I think Braxton Clark is definitely right there as a veteran guy. Um, you know, Javier Morton, I think is kind of in that mix too deep. I think Timon Lynham's the guy um, that has Good had, a, yeah, he's had a good camp and really goes after it hard. I, we, I was taking a, one of my phone videos at practice the other day and he came right into my kitchen he does every drill like that when I watch him. So I think he's – I think Fisher has always liked him. It's just sort of been a deal where he's always kind of been like fourth Behind. or fifth, yeah. you know, so you don't hear about him. But I think I think they like him. Um, at safety, I guess I would say Farmer and Buford to start. I think Omar Brown's making a charge and is going to be right there. And I would say – I haven't heard as much about Deshaun Singleton this camp actually – uh, but I know he finished spring strong and Fisher was really intrigued by him. So those would be kind of my main guys I'd mentioned there. And I could have forgot somebody, I'm sure. Okay. Uh, as we finish up here, is there any position group where you changed your opinion on? You thought one thing coming into fall camp and now two and a half, three weeks into it, you feel either slightly better or slightly worse uh, than maybe your initial impression. Um, I feel better about, I'm a little more unsure about wide receiver. This is actually taking it the other way than I thought I would be at this point. I'm not I'm saying, I, I don't think they're not going to be good. And I trust Mickey. I think he's really going to get something out of those guys. I think they're better coach than they've been, but I don't know if it's there yet. Um, and that part of that too, think about they're, they're trying to work with QBs that are new. There's a lot going on there. So that's a spot where I'm not quite sure. Um, running back, if you go back to like December to now is completely different to me and better. Yeah. Like, I just like where they're at. Yep. Um, I think rush end is the best position on the team because blaze Gunnarsson and Jamari Butler are good backups beyond the three. We always mention. So those would be my thoughts. All right. That is Brian Christofferson rolling through every position. There's nothing we left out. I guess I didn't say the kickoff specialist, but it'll be the same guy as last year whose name I can never remember. Brian Brendan Frankie. Brendan. There Frankie. you go. There you go. So that's that's everybody. This I is the only the only preview you need. You don't need the preview magazines. You don't have to read any special inserts over the next couple of weeks. We got it all right here at Husker 24-7. Ran through everything. We did it on August 12th. That's how smart we are. That's why you listen <laughs> no. to this podcast, right? I wouldn't say that, but yeah. That, <laughs> I don't well, know. If Brian, we... 
Stick your chest out. Beat on your chest a little bit. Let the people know you're an expert. I don't know if we nailed all the ones exactly, but I do think, I think we got the names for the most part. That those are the key ones. All right. Well, we will be back with more Husker 24 seven podcast next week. Uh, We're inching closer to the football season, which means the return of the hype cast, the Husker 24 seven hype cast, I should say. Uh, Our lawyers have let us know that we need to, we need to respond it that way, uh, as Brunts has told you and I. So the Husker 24-7 hypecast. Uh, and then we will be unveiling some other stuff that will be popping up during this season as well. So be sure to keep your eye on Husker 24-7. Of course, we'll have all the great content at Husker247.com. Plenty of recruiting. High school season is underway. I've got a Malachi Coleman story that I've been working on in the background here for a little bit that I think people are really going to like. Uh, got some pretty good nuggets there that I'm excited to uh, to share when that gets to come out. So plenty going on at Husker 24-7. Be sure to check out the website. And like I said, we'll be back with more podcasts next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.